Hello and welcome once again to What's Out There, the paranormal podcast from Out There Paranormal. And telling tales for you tonight, we have myself, Nigel. And myself, Juliet. So, what are we going to talk about in this episode? Well, it's that time of year, Jules. It certainly is. That wonderful time of year. Love is in the air. It certainly is. Well, I would sing for you some. a song. Mm. Oh. Well, you're going to sing a song? No. No? No. Oh. Only songs I know about love are like, yeah, what? not good. Oh, what? Never fall in love with someone, never fall in love, in love with someone, never fall in love, in love with someone, shouldn't fall in love with. There you go, you did sing. I know, but it's not really a romantic ballad, is it? Not really. No. no. <laughs> well, there we go. No, they're depressing romantic ballads anyway. Mm, it's like, uh, yeah. the bucket. We're now going to ruin... Sorry. Valentine's Day for right. everybody. Oh, I'm sorry. It should because be all hearts and flowers. It should all be hearts and flowers. And an empty wallet. Mm-hmm. Because it's the price of roses. Jeez. Oh, you know what? Good Lord. I don't buy roses on Valentine's Day. Why? Because they're too expensive. Well. Oh, that's so I do, tight, I do isn't get it? that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I well, can't help wife. it. I'm sorry. I'm not even going to say what I've got this year. Because you've already laughed at me about it. Sake. I know. I'm such a romantic soul. <laughs> One year, my ex-husband bought me a head torch. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Valentine's, darling. Here's a head torch. Now, I looked at this thing and I was just trying to figure out why in God's earth would he have bought me <coughs> a head torch. I have a few ideas. <laughs> Don't even go there, mate. Honestly, you know, flowers, no. Chocolates, no. You know, rose petals across the bed or a nice bath run, no. A head torch. A head torch. <laughs> That's what you always wanted. <laughs> dear, oh but dear. anyway, so most of the time for normal people, it's all hearts and flowers and greetings and gifts, isn't and it? Mysterious cards turning up in the post. Ah, yeah, but you see, you could be express your feeling with affections, with greetings and gifts, and it could be enormous. And I can't even say that word. Anonymous. Anonymous. Anonymous, declaration. Honestly, for goodness sake. You could get a mystery card from a secret admirer and not know nothing about it. So, you're going to be getting... Who? A big bag of cards, aren't you, Jules? Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so many. You're going to be beating them off with a stick. Oh, I just you? feel sorry for the postman. I there know. There is just going to be so many, you know, they're just going to need, like, a jet plane to bring all mine in. <laughs> yeah, right. Bless. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you'll get one or two. Yeah, I'll write them. Yeah. To me. <laughs> to me, from me. Happy <laughs> Valentine's. <laughs> We're getting the sympathy vote here. I'm having an office. I'm building an office to treat myself for Valentine's. So Is that it? You go and sit outside in your office. Yeah, I'll have a new office yeah. come Valentine's. <laughs> I'll sit in there in the garden all by myself. It's quite a nice treat, like actually. Like a strange gnome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Back to what we're talking about, yes. which just happens to be, as you may have guessed, Valentine's Day. So what are the origins of Valentine's Day? Um, could it possibly be linked to Lupercalia? It's an ancient Roman festival that was conducted annually on February the 15th, which is very close to Valentine's, the day after, in fact. The festival, which celebrated the coming of spring, included fertility rites and the pairing off of women and men by lottery. 
Hey? Do you mean buy lottery? lottery. <laughs> you babbling on about? What? Why don't they buy a ticket? Yeah, I think so. Your number's up, off you go. Yeah. Lucky night. Well, it's like going to a swingers party and putting your car keys in a bowl, isn't it? I wouldn't know. Is this something you would care to share with our audience? Are you going to start discussing I... pampas grass next? I may have read about it. Lemonette night. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh anyway, back to our story. Yeah, sorry. Well you, well, you put me off by saying about this lottery business. Well, you're the one that said it. I just I, queried it. I was like, I'm hey? Just, I'm just telling you the facts. <laughs> anyway, according to the 18th century historians Alban Butler and Francis Deuce, Valentine's Day was most likely created to overpower the pagan holiday of Lupercalia. Blimey. So well, why a, doesn't that surprise me? Let's, an, let's just stamp on the pagans once more. It's another Christian classic. I'm going to get on my soapbox in a minute. Don't do it. I know. Don't do it. I know. You're going to upset the Jesus freaks. Oh, God. Whoops. <laughs> I think you already have. Apologies anyway, to all Christians good out there. Lord. So, tell me, what about this bloke himself? Tell us about it. St. Valentine the man? Yeah. Okay. So, on February the 14th, around the year 270 AD, Valentine, a holy priest in Rome in the days of Emperor Claudius II, is said to have been executed. Uh, under the rule of Claudius the Cruel, as Claudius II was known, Rome was involved in many unpopular and bloody campaigns. The emperor had to maintain a strong army, but was having a difficult time getting soldiers to join his military leagues. Claudius believed that Roman men were unwilling to join the army because of their strong attachments to their wives and families. So rather than joining the army, because joining the Roman army was a big thing, you joined the Roman army basically for life. Yeah, it was a life yeah, it choice. It was a life choice, it? yeah. And you really sort of got out at the end of it, so you'd be leaving your family behind. So yeah. to get rid of the problem, Claudius banned all marriages and engagements in Rome. So it's like you can't get married. Well, that's not very nice, that's is it? It's not very nice at all, is it? I'm sorry, mate. It's not mate. very you loving, is can't it? Can't do that. No. None of that. I haven't it. sake. Valentine, realising the injustice of this decree, de defied Claudius and continued to perform marriages for young lovers in secret. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, when Valentine's actions were discovered, Claudius ordered that he be put to death. Valentine was arrested and dragged before the prefect of Rome, condemned to be beaten to death with clubs and have his head cut off. Oh, that's rather romantic. <laughs> this is so romantic, isn't it? Lordy Lord. Well, this is something I'm not going to forget on February the 14th. Well, that's actually when they carried the sentence out. It was actually Good carried Lord. out. On, they, they beat him to death with some clubs and chopped his head off on February the 14th. Uh, it's on about the year 270, as I said. Legend also has it that while in jail, St. Valentine left a farewell note for the jailer's daughter, who had become his friend. Woohoo! And signed it from your Valentine. Oh, that's really sad. For his great service, Valentine was named a saint after his death. Oh. So there we go. Um, in truth, the exact origins and identity of St. Valentine are unclear. According to the Catholic Encyclopedia, at least three different St. Valentines, all of them martyrs, are mentioned in the early martyrs. Martyrologies, that's a big word, under the date of the 14th of February. One was a priest in Rome, the second one was a bishop of Intermamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamam
So, when Valentine's Saint Day starts to be associated with the tradition of courtly love, in fact, the whole thing may have been invented by Chaucer. Indeed. I studied Chaucer for A-level English. Oh, my God, he is so boring. Oh, gosh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> in his poem, Parliament of Fool, written in 1375, Chaucer linked to a tradition of courtly love with the celebration of St Valentine's Feast Day when birds and humans came together to find a mate. Hang on. Hang on. Not... What? Not birds mating with... No. Birds mating birds with and... people. No, it's... No, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, no he's just... associating the fact that birds are like, birds do it, bees do it. Even let's do it. Let's fall in love. Yeah. yeah, that one. I can't remember. Educated, Educated fleas. fleas. Yes, that's it. Ah. Honestly. So here we go. So oh, I've got to read that. Oh, bit. and then I mean, do he's, the quote. He's, no, he's poem now. Go on, let's quote that bit, and then I'll in my best old English. For this was sent on St. Valentine's Day, when every fowl cometh there to choose his mate. Ooh. Fowl as in birds. Well, yeah, no. Not a fowl as in... Well, that would be horrible. very nice, yeah. would it? So at the time, it was believed that birds paired in mid-February. Throughout the period, 14th February is mentioned as a day that brought lovers together. Most poetically, as the birds and the bees... No solid evidence exists of the romantic celebrations on the 14th of February prior to Chaucer's poem. And by the 1400s, nobles inspired by Chaucer were writing poems known as Valentines to their love interests and the whole thing took off from there. And, of course, the end result being the love fest we see today. Or in Nigel's case, no roses. No roses. So, Nigel, why have most people, excluding you, gone all lovey-dovey? Well, you know what it is. <laughs> have you ever said to someone, I will love you forever? No. Oh, are you sure about that? Yeah. I'm sure you said it to me once. Well, maybe. No, you said you'd be my mate forever, didn't you? Yeah. As in, that's slightly different, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, okay, well, I'm all right. Yeah, Perhaps. but no, do you know what? I don't think I actually have, apart... My kids, I have. Ah, there but, you go. Yeah. Mind you, there is the Norfolk tradition of um, Bobby Valentine, isn't there? Hang on, hang on. Oh. We'll come to him later. We'll come to that bit later, you're folks. A bit, you're getting a bit excited here. I am, here, I'm getting a going bit ahead track. of myself. Where are we going? So, we're talking about, have you ever if said to said someone, someone, I, I love, love you forever. forever. Such a beautiful sentiment, but what if that love carried on after death your underlying love for that special someone traps you on this mortal plane your spirit bound to forever search for the love you left behind or maybe the object of your desire fails notice your attention so you decide to employ some magic and end up paying an awful price <laughs> Well now, we have a few tales to tell of love so strong that it lasts forever and love that went horribly wrong when the price to pay for the magic of love proved to be very high indeed. Our first tale takes us into the Norfolk village of Potterheim, known locally as Parham. 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 Black me by I've never known of Parham. 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 Yeah, we like we like Parham. doing that with our villages, don't we? You know, yeah. 
say them completely differently to how they're spelt. Yeah. Anyway, well, we're going to now meet the drummer boy of Potterheim. Mm. Back we go to 1815. It was the winter before the Battle of Waterloo, bitterly cold, and Norfolk's broads were thick with ice and perfect for skating. In Potterheim, the icy grasp of winter did not call the ardour of two young lovers whose romance was blossoming. Now a drummer boy, home on leave, fell desperately in love with a village girl and the pair made plans to marry before he was called back to his duties. Now soldiers did not make for great husbands. Their constant campaigns meant they were away from home a lot and their wives and families often followed them living a hard life in encampments. Drummers played a pivotal role in warfare, the beat of their drums sending messages during battles when voices were drowned out. Their bright, colourful uniform made drummers instantly recognisable, both by their brothers in arms and the enemy, who would try to pick them off the battlefield and put an end to a vital line of communication. Now, even more reason for not marrying, as his life could be cut brutally short in the next battle. Of course, with all that to consider, this romance was frowned upon by the girl's family. So our ardent young lovers arranged to meet in secret at a place called Swim Coots on the edge of Hickling Broad. Where's Swim Coots? I know Hickling Broad, but I don't know Swim Coots. It's on the um, Potter side of the Broad. Oh, OK. Yeah, so it's right up sort of on, on the Potter edge. There's a windmill there. There's a Swim Coots um, pump mill there. I used to go windsurfing at Hickling. Oh, there we go. Did you go over that side or would you go over the more sort of nature reserve side? No, it was the where the pub was. There's like a little beach bit. Oh, well, near the, the Greyhound yeah, pub. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, now this is further further across. Ah, yeah, more towards the Potter side. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, so on that cold February evening in 1815, our drummer boy is preparing to cross the frozen Hickling Broad to keep a tryst with his lover. One can almost feel the excitement. This young man has finally realised his own importance, his place in the world. For the first time in his life, he has a little money, a smart uniform and a few days leave in which to impress family and friends in his hometown. He has met a beautiful girl and has fallen in love with her. He sighs deeply and shakes his head. A storyteller's dramatic pause. He sets off on the ice as he's done these last few nights to meet his beloved. His bright yellow and red uniform stands out brightly as he skates. And to make his sweetheart aware, he beats out a tattoo on the drum he has slung over his body. The ice takes his weight without complaint as he glides towards her. Of course, she's waiting for him, having heard his drum, and there she stands, her heart fluttering with anticipation. Now he doesn't notice that the ice is dangerously thin at the wary channel, and a look of fear and horror crosses his face as he hears the ice crack beneath him, and he falls through into the icy water below. 
sensing something is amiss. His beloved calls and calls. She's about to go for help when, to her great relief, she sees him approach in silence, his arms outstretched pleadingly. But he remains silent, freezing cold and dripping wet. Eagerly, she held out her hands to catch his and help him to share. But as the pair touched, she felt only icy water. And as she looked down to see why her hand felt so frozen, her beloved drummer boy slowly disappeared into nothing. The next day, the wherrymen of Potterheim fished out a body that had drifted to the edge of the broad. As the ice began to break to hell to thaw, nobody need to ask who it was. The yellow and scarlet uniform said it all. It is said that if you venture down towards Swim Coots on the edge of Hickling Broad on or around Valentine's Day, you may hear the sound of a tattoo beating out on a drum and be lucky enough to catch a fleeting glimpse of the forlorn figure of the drummer boy skating across the broad as he searches in vain for the sweetheart he left behind. There we have it, a love so strong it lingers on as we promised. Potterheim has another tale to share. This time we look at the darker side of love and the price you can pay for meddling in the affairs of the heart. Let's meet Lady Carew, a local lady who only wants the best for her daughter Evelyn. Lady Carew targets a wealthy local man, Sir Godfrey Hazlitt of Bastwick, and to secure his affection for her daughter she employs the services of a local witch who makes up a love potion guaranteed to snare Sir Godfrey for Evelyn. When asked, the witch would not accept any monetary payment. Instead, she made Lady Carew swear that if the potion worked, whatever the witch asked for would be granted. Lady Carew agreed. So Lady Carew slipped him the potion during a hunting party in King's Lynn and the bewitched Sir Godfrey fell for Lady Evelyn. After a short while, they were married at a lavish spring wedding in Norwich. Happy and in love, the bridal party returned to Bastwick for the reception. But on the stroke of midnight, the party is interrupted by the doors bursting open. Framed in the doorway is a skeleton which kidnaps the new bride and carries her away in a coach drawn by four black horses. The rest of the party give chase as the coach heads towards Potterheim, but as the coach reaches Potterheim Bridge, it bursts into flames and falls into the water, with Lady Evelyn still trapped inside. It seems that the price to pay for the potion was her daughter's soul. A word to the wise not to try and buy love in a bottle from a witch, collecting souls for the devil. But of course, our story does not end there. 
Repetitions of this event were supposedly seen by many over the years and some claim the sound of ghostly horses' hooves and the screech of wheels can still be heard on the bridge at midnight every May the 31st. This particular tale gets a mention in Peter Underwood's book Guide to Ghosts and Haunted Places where he claims to have traced and spoken to people who have witnessed this event themselves including the writer and broadcaster A.J. Allen who lived and worked in Potter. He told Peter Unwood Underwood, swearing him to silence for as long as he lived, that on 31st of May 1937, himself and three companions had been around the vicinity of the bridge at Potter around midnight and had all heard the sound of galloping hooves, the grind of wheels on gravel accompanied by the faint sound of screams. The experience ended with the sudden sound of a shuddering crash with a the experience ended with the sound of a shuddering crash from the deserted bridge. Sorry, folks. And the final sound was the splash of something large going into the water. No matter how hard Peter Underwood tried, he could not convince Mr. Allen to join him for a repeat of this ghost hunt on the specified date and time. Blimey, I would have been there. So <laughs> yeah, you'd be like a shot, wouldn't you? Yeah. 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 But, you know, not all relationships are simple. Well, we know that, don't we, we eh? We certainly do, yeah. Sometimes you fall out of love with your husband or wife and then fall in love with someone else. And as we are sharing many tales of love, we have to touch on illicit affairs of the heart. Now, we just happen to have such a tale attached to a photo that most followers of the paranormal will know. The Brown Lady of Raynham Hall. So, Nige, tell us about this one. Okay, it's a well-known photograph. Loads and loads of people have seen this. And this photograph gives us the lasting image of the brown lady. It was not taken by an investigator hunting for the woman's apparition, but was the work of Captain Hubert C. Provand, a photographer working for Country Life magazine. He and his assistant, Indra Shearer, were photographing the hall for a general article and seemingly had no intent to cover this spectral legend. They arrived at the hall on September the 19th, 1936 and proceeded to take a number of photos for the article. After taking the initial photograph of the hall's grand staircase, they were making preparations for a second when Shearer saw the gradual formation of a vapoury form, slowly assuming the appearance of a woman. Upon Shearer's instructions, Proven quickly took another photograph. When this second image was developed, the infamous image of the brown lady was revealed. Instead of the supposed planned article on Raynham Hall, Provenden Shearer's ghostly experience complete with photographs was printed instead in Country Life on December the 26th, 1936. And it is a really well-known photo. It was one for a long time that wasn't explained, mm -hmm. but there are now people saying there are possible explanations for it. Really? Yeah. What are they? Um, they're saying, A, that there was a hole in the bellows yeah. that may have formed that light on there to form that image. Another one says it's a double exposure because you can see lines on the stairs. Yeah, I, I did wonder about double exposure, yeah. actually, on that one. And they were saying the double exposure was formed by them taking a photograph of a statue of the Virgin Mary mm -hmm. and then making it look a bit more sort of fuzzy and overlaying that on top of the image of the staircase. But surely they can tell. Yeah, by, it has. I mean, it has know. got that sort of shape to it, that yeah, sort of Virgin should, Mary statue shape. The experts shape. should be able to pull that apart and tell, surely. You would have thought so by looking at the negatives, yeah. if the negatives are still available. But, yeah. yeah, but it's a really, it's a fascinating photo and one that's often sort of thrown out and sort of paranormal arguments to say, you know, explain this photo then. Mm. But, yeah, yeah, interesting. very interesting. 
According to legend, the Brown Lady is the ghost of Lady Dorothy Townsend, Nee Walpole, the sister of Britain's generally considered first Prime Minister, Sir Robert Walpole. Dorothy was born in Norfolk in 1686 and married into the Townsend family sometime before 1713 via Charles, second Viscount Townsend. So, folks, the story goes that Lady Dorothy endured an unhappy marriage to the second Viscount Townsend. Some say she was unfaithful, whereas others claim it was her extravagant spending that incurred the Viscount's wrath. Whatever the cause, she apparently died under mysterious circumstances. Now, her husband was cruel and ill-tempered, and when learning of her supposed adultery, punished her disloyalty by locking her in her chambers, refusing to let her leave Raynham Hall, even to visit her children, until her own death from smallpox. Since her death, she is said to roam the hall in a brown satin dress, carrying a lantern. The first documented sighting of Lady Dorothy occurred in 1835. A visitor, a Major Loftus, said he saw a shadowy woman in an old-fashioned brown dress with hollow sockets for eyes. The next year, Captain Frederick Marriott, a friend of Charles Dickens, purportedly fired his pistol at the brown lady, leaving a bullet lodged in the doorframe behind her translucent form. The stories continued well into modern times with members of the resident family claiming to have met a lady on the staircase who not only frightened but puzzled them because... Well, they could see the stairs right through her. Maybe she is still there, drifting from room to room, forever trapped in her unhappy marriage and destined never to join her illicit lover in the afterlife. We're getting married in the morning. There's a song about that. We certainly is, but I'm not going to sing it. No. But sometimes these weddings don't always go to plan. They don't. And sometimes the bride doesn't make it in time, unable for some reason to attend their own wedding. In Norwich, we have a legend of one such bride. So it is said that White Woman Lane in Old Catton is named after the ghost that has been seen drifting there in her wedding dress for hundreds of years. There are several stories attached to this otherwise unspectacular stretch of road which runs between Spixworth Road and the North Walsham Road. One is that the daughter of a local squire fell in love with one of the father's coachmen. She lived in the manor house, he lived in the lodge across the road. Some stories say the coachman was dismissed by his master after he discovered the illicit relationship and when the woman realised that, realised that he was packing to leave, she ran after him slipped under the coach wheels and died instantly. Another says that the pair planned to marry, but the wedding was stopped by the woman's father, and so her ghost can be seen crossing the road to her love in the white wedding dress she was never allowed to wear. Another variation on the story has the woman preparing to marry a lord in Elizabethan times, but dying the night before the ceremony, her ghost is seen wearing a white dress and carrying a wreath of herbs. 
Now the white woman is said to walk along the road named after her from the Old Hall on Lodge Lane in Old Catton to the grounds of Oak Lodge Farm and then to Sprouston Parish Church. She wears her wedding dress as a painful reminder of the love she sought but never found. Witness accounts stretch back over the years a family were travelling on a pony and trap along the road when the animal came to a halt in front of a drifting white mist. Now the mist came from the left across a field and then crossed a track before disappearing. Another account from two teenage girls who were cycling down a path close to the road tells of a woman being seen walking in the field with a scarf on her head. And when the girls reached her, they glanced at her and saw darkness where her face should have been. Now, in paranormal circles, the white lady is a famous example of a type of female ghost typically dressed in a white dress or a similar piece of clothing and often spotted in rural areas, or once rural areas, and associated with tragic local legends. Now, such white ladies are found across the world, often linked to an accidental death, murder or suicide, where the theme of loss, betrayal or unrequited love you may have a white woman tale near to where you live. I have a tale relating to a bride okay. that appears. Is this going to be less depressing than all the others? No. Oh, heck. But it relates to... It's a well-known ghost on Bluebell Hill in Kent. Yeah. Um, the only reason I say because I come from Kent. I lived in Kent before I moved up to Norfolk. But my dad has seen this lady. And I tell the story in uh, Family Ghosts podcast. Yes, you do. But she's a well-known one on the hill where she appears mm. in her wedding dress because she was killed in a car accident the night before her wedding. It's tragically sad. And it is another one. It's another classic white lady. There she is in a white wedding dress at the side of the road. Yeah. So tell the story then. Oh, okay. Oh, and blimey. Did what? your dad see her? Or was that... He did see her, but he didn't see her in a wedding dress. They just saw her at the side of the road. Because wow. she's often sort of seen standing at the side of the road. Big will stop to pick her up and she's got in cars and they've driven off and she's disappeared out the back seat. Mm. My dad stopped her. It was raining one night and they stopped. There was an ambulance crew at the time and they were on their way back to the depot in Maidstone. And they stopped because they saw this woman at the side of the road and it was pissing down with rain on the night. So they stopped to give her a hand. And uh, my dad got out of the ambulance to sort of go and let her in the back. And when he walked around, opened the door at the back, turned around and she'd just gone completely disappeared that's amazing yeah. isn't it yeah really really weird right wow. yeah fascinating so we sort of told a few spooky tales yeah but i thought we might sort of end on a nice little tale oh that would be nice and yes. you you sort of touched on it earlier on which is why i said to you don't say anything about yeah. it because we're going to get to the end and share Our it norfolk tradition we have a local norfolk tradition with somebody called jack valentine oh you see now i was told it was bobby Valentine. Mm, so it's in different areas, yeah, isn't it? That's yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so Jack or Bobby, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. But it is a peculiar to Norfolk thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I really like about it. And what happens is, um, Jack Valentine apparently gives you gifts on Valentine's Day, but you don't know who it is because he runs up and knocks on your door three times. That's right. One, yep. two, three. Yep. And then when you open the door, there's a gift. Yeah. On They're the, on the doorstep waiting right, for yeah, you, yeah. yeah. And there's no sort of cards or anything that relate to it. It's just a gift. A wrapped present left on the doorstep. Yeah. 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 For and children. It. It's it's usually for children, isn't it? Yeah, it's it? normally for children, yeah. 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 So um, I'm doing it this year for Anna. Are you? Yeah. Cute. I've decided to. Ah. I love local traditions. 
It's really is. I had it done for me, I think, once when I was a child. Yeah. You know, just one year. Yeah. <laughs> I think my parents got bored with it after one year. Like, <laughs> really, yeah, really we're, yeah, we're spending enough on her. She's not getting any not more. Not getting anything else. But, no. Um, you know, I, I do remember one particular year. Um, it was a little jewellery-making kit when I was small. Oh, yeah. lovely. My parents arranged for yeah. Jack or Bobby Valentine yeah. to... Sorry knock on the door and then leave the present outside yeah yeah that's really exciting yeah mm, it is nice there is a variation on the theme though hey up. yeah not only do you have jack valentine yeah you have his more sinister cousin snatch valentine oh my word <laughs> whose mission in life is to do exactly the opposite of jack <laughs> valentine and you knew it was going to be one didn't you yeah <laughs> and he apparently comes up and bangs on your door but instead of like Leaving you a nice gift will do something horrible. Oh, lovely. You know, so it's, it's the classic one. You know, leave the bag of dog poo on the doorstep, set fire to it, and when nice. someone comes out and stamps on it. Uh, oh, uh, wow. And it's like, it's, like, it's like a hideous game of knockdown ginger with knobs on. <laughs> you know, so not only do you run away after knocking on the door, you leave something unpleasant on the doorstep <laughs> oh, or a horrible, so horrible gift of some kind. You know, why can't we just end on something nice? Why are we going to end on dog shit being torched on a doorstep? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> this is supposed to be romantic. This is my life, isn't it? <laughs> what dog shit Honestly, being set fire yeah. to? Well, it's the kind of things that I would do as a child, isn't it? That's the problem. I've never done that, by the way. <laughs> no, no, it's not something I've ever done. But I have knocked on people's doors and run away. Oh, I think we've all done that. Yeah. But no, I, I think Jack is the more popular variation. Mm. Good old Jack Valentine. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And I was saying at the same sort of time that this sort of thing started, you also had the weird Ameri- American, a weird thing happening in London with Spring Hill Jack, mm. which is another sort of more horrible thing of sort of jumping out yeah. and attacking people yeah. yeah but yeah it's interesting isn't it there's so many lovely traditions there are so many things in norfolk so many traditions that over the years have got lost yeah and forgotten about you yeah. know it's just typical norfolk village traditions isn't it and, yeah. and it's good to keep them alive and cool i mean they used to hang corn dollies up and things didn't they and all sorts yeah yeah you know, well, another one you can do people. for um, Valentine's Day is to make something called bridie cakes, mm-hmm. which I think you can sort of make and then do stuff with them and you can break them and do stuff and tell her your, your love's mm-hmm. going to be and all this kind of thing. And there's all sorts of funky folklore things like throwing nuts in the fire. and Yeah. yeah. There, there's one that, well, it would, obviously it's not an old tradition because it's oranges, but I do know of one that if you peel an orange or a tangerine and you throw it over your shoulder and you look behind you, the initial you see is meant to be the initial of the man you're going to marry. Ah. Mm. I don't think that's not specifically a Valentine's thing, but I think that's just a general. It's yeah, quite nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's quite sweet, yeah. isn't it? Except when I peel a tangerine, bugger all, it's just one big bloody mess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says about my life. I actually probably got it right, hasn't it? <laughs> what, one big bloody mess? You <laughs> God bless you, girl. <laughs> Uh, it's just tragic isn't it really oh well it's tragic i know tragedy meal for one for julia on the 14th of feb oh (laughs) now you make me feel really bad i'll have my kids with me it's fine of course you will it'll be lovely yeah i'll be sitting in my new office hidden away Uh. (laughs) some peace are you going to be allowed in there (laughs) well it's mine i thought it was harry's well i've paid enough for it (laughs) i said he can use it 
But you know, do you know what? That's the thing. It will turn into a teenage boy's pad. Won't of course, it? it will. You know, I've I've already said to him, no girls in there. I'm not having any oh, of that come shenanigans. Come on, it's a perfect spot. No, for love's young dream. No, there's no love's young dream in my back garden. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, what I just. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, well. It's a fitting end, hey. really, wasn't it? <laughs> it can only be me. Can only be me, folks. <laughs> See, he's coughing and choking. Oh, God, I've still got it. Yeah, Honestly. you've had this cough for ages. ages. I know. I'm such a sad old man. Oh, oh it's what it just is. horrible bugs on mm, it. Just hang it on. It is. I can't get rid of them. Anyway. Enough of that. Enough of my illnesses. Yes. And your romantic... <laughs> no, I'm not even going to go there. Exactly. <laughs> so there we go. Oh. A few little tales mm. of love that never dies. Yeah, indeed. Mm. Devastating, and... tragic love. Oh, I know. Oh, dear. Darkness. Well, I wasn't going to do a good Death. one, but let's be honest. Oh. Well, I'm not going to tell her like a... But yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't... I know a nice, happy little paranormal story would have been good, wouldn't it? Well, there's got to be a ghost at the end of it, so someone's going to have to die, aren't they? <laughs> well, let's be honest. Can't somebody die a happy way? <laughs> Is there a way of someone dying happily? I did try to find some happy <laughs> Valentine's Day stories, just... but unfortunately... <laughs> no. No. I don't think there is. There isn't. Uh... Well, there probably is, <laughs> but I didn't find them. Izzy, Izzy the cat decided to make an entrance, so you probably heard some meows and some bells through our little ghostly tales as well. So she says hello. And she's down there on the floor now, being very, very quiet. Yeah, now we've finished. Now we've finished, yeah. Shut the hell up, exactly. isn't she? <laughs> Typical. Such is life. Yeah. Anyway, so there we go. I hope you enjoyed our tales of true love. Mm. Even if it did sort of ramble and go off in very strange directions <laughs> and so all of you out there have a smashing valentine's evening whether you're single married about to marry or whatever mm -hmm. have a superb time and we would just love to send you all our love yes we Mwah. do we do love you all Mwah. Mwah. in our own special way we do mm -hmm. huh. and thank you for very much for following us and listening to us croning on on our podcast. Yes, we do, yeah. <laughs> Guarantee there'll be more to come. We have lots of little subjects yeah. like We that, have to but... torture your ears. Come exactly. on. We can't give up now. You love it, really. <laughs> anyway, if you want to keep up with all the weird and wonderful things that we do, you can find us across social media. We hide in all sorts of different places. We are on Twitter. Facebook. Instagram. Yeah, I need to update that. Mm, well, that's okay. It's I'll send you some stuff. That's Sorry. all right. It's not a problem. I'm rubbish. Um, we have our Substack newsletter, which is going to get some articles on now. My world has actually finally settled down into some kind of routine. There's some things going on there very soon. We have our wonderful YouTube channel with all our videos. Yeah, there's some good stuff on there. There's some good stuff on there. And we have a couple of things on Amazon Prime too. We do indeed. Yeah. And the great thing is that we're going to be going back out investigating again. Yep, we are, aren't we? Because, yes, the turmoil that has been our real lives... Just is recently, lifting! It's finally Ooh. calming down so we, we can get back to some... Do you know, we shouldn't say it too loud. No. Though. God's sake, oh, something will happen, we didn't say it? that. Some brown matter will hit the fan. Exactly. Oh, God. But... No. But it's looking good. So it's looking good, we're yeah. We're going to be literally out there, which is really what we should be doing, is being out there and not in here the whole time. I know. And going investigating. We have some more investigations to come. So yeah, we'll be if sharing... my K2 still works, I hope it does. Give it a go, girl. 
Put your badges in and press your buttons. Oh, God. I think I will be on February 14th. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, Uh, we best say goodbye. So (laughs) It's goodbye from me and Izzy the cat. And it's goodnight from him. (laughs) Good night. Take care.